0: Welcome in to Monday Madness Sports Talk, your award-winning radio show starting off the week right. Here on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons.
1: Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports the student voice of your
2: DePaul Blue Devons. Those days are gone. Contreras absolutely mashes one. Way out of here, and the Cubs lead. one nothing. Yikes. That was a massacre. Yeah, he put...
0: from 1 East Jackson, Chicago, Illinois, my name is Noah Festenstein, your host of Money Man Sports Talk, right here on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Let's get it going, it is episode 162, all the way from Harper College Radio, right here to Radio DePaul Sports. Feeling really good today, feeling it. Didn't have trouble waking up this morning. I jumped right out of bed and I'm like, it's a Monday, man, this morning. Oh, and I hope you're feeling it, too, because it's going to be a good one today, as always. Starting off the week here on Radio DePaul Sports, radiodepaulsports.com, or download that Radio DePaul app, the Radio DePaul app. It is your one-stop shop for everything you need to listen to Radio DePaul and Radio DePaul Sports. Download it today on your Google Play or iTunes store. Okay, let's get it going. Today, I got ourselves a great episode. It is going to start us off with spring training MLB. What you guys just heard before the intro here was a Wilson Contreras home run in the first spring training game that was on Saturday night against the Oakland Athletics at Sloan Park. going to talk about spring training, talk about some Cubs, maybe some White Sox and just other spring training news of sorts. And so that'll be about 20 minutes, and then up to about 11.25, I'm going to start us off with some NBA basketball and also NCAA with a focus on DePaul basketball, as DePaul basketball was able to get uh, a win on Saturday and able to escape their eight-game skid. I want to talk about DePaul basketball and even uh, NBA basketball at around 11.25. Then at 11.40, I got NHL. Some hockey going on here. Trade deadline is today. So a lot of trades going out and down this morning. A lot of big trades. Uh, Marlowe of the Sharks just got traded, which is huge. So I'm going to talk about that and more also uh, the David Aris 42-year-old emergency goalie story I want to talk about later on today at our hockey segment, uh, so I'll get into that as well. And then uh, to finalize our sports, specific sports of the day, would be MMA and boxing, talking about the UFC event on Saturday and also this upcoming event on Saturday. But also the main focus is the Wilder and Fury fight that happened on Saturday night. It was a fantastic fight, especially for Tyson Fury, who came out as the champion of the heavyweights division, probably one of the best heavyweight champions since Mike Tyson. So uh, I want to get into that conversation and more. And then at 12.15, I'll be on Instagram live at NFestie97. That's at NFestie97. I'll be doing a Monday Man Sports Talk top 10 list today. It is a mystery topic. I'll announce the topic around the time it comes. But it's a good topic um, considering uh, it's very timely. So I uh, will leave you on that, and I will leave you to go on break. So I'll see you guys soon. It's gonna be a good one today. I'm excited to get it going right here on Monday Mass Sports Talk, February 24th, 2020. See you guys soon.
3: Dad, this is fun. I didn't think I liked kayaking.
4: Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, but I think it's time to head back in.
3: Okay. Can we come back?
4: Sure. Hey, be careful getting out of the boat.
3: It's a kayak, Dad.
4: (laughs) I'm going to return the kayak.
3: Can we walk home?
4: How about a taxi? It's a short
3: fare from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service.
0: How you are currently are listening to your Radio to Paul Sports award-winning radio show, Monday Madness Sports Talk. Awarded for best use of social media and nominated for best overall show. Always online with Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Streaming from Radio to Paul Sports. The student voice of your Paul Blue is Demons.
4: How
1: live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons.
0: Welcome back to Monday Man of Sports Talk, right here on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Bringing me into the baseball segment is the R3 Hab Remix of Electric from Alina Baraz, Khalid. I'll be playing on Noah at night this Thursday night, every Thursday night from 11 to midnight on the Radio DePaul stream. Needless to remind you, if you want to listen to both streams, download that Radio DePaul app. It is everything you need to listen to your favorite college radio station, Radio DePaul, the nationally award-acclaimed Radio DePaul. Okay, okay, okay. Got about 20 or less minutes to talk some baseball. So let's get at it. Um, let's just start from the MLB perspective, and then I'm going to narrow it down to the Cubs. Um, like I said before, thank you to MLB.com for the audio that I played at the beginning of the show, which um, highlighted the Wilson Contreras home run that he hit on Saturday night in his first at-bat in spring, and he globbered it. Also, Victor Curtini. Yesterday went deep on a solo shot, so you got both of your catchers showing some power early in spring training, which is a really good sign because it really shows that both of your catchers, you know, are on their game and they're, you know, they're they're in shape. They got the power. They're they're seeing the ball already pretty well, and uh, so that's a good sign. So that was one of the key points for the Cubs that I'll be making more points about in the next few minutes as I am going to be talking currently about the MLB. So spring training off to a fantastic start. Um, I, I think that the fact that baseball is back um, says a lot in terms of just my satisfaction as a sports fan. First of all, and also, um, there's just been a lot of stuff going on in, in the sports world uh, this year, in in particular 2020. That I think it's it's just about time for baseball to kind of you know carve its way back in into our lives because. Um, there's been, like I said, so much going on, you know, with the, the Kobe incidents and everything else around that and everything this, this, this year. So it's just nice to have baseball back in that regard. And, you know, like to root for that, um, it's going to be nice. And I think why, like, you know, around the MLB, um, you got a lot of teams kind of vying for, um, who's going to be playing for who, who's going to fill in what spots, that's the biggest question, I think, right now for all teams because there's a lot of good prospects out there. And I think those prospects are going to a- a- inevitably culminate uh, into what we see in the future of our uh, of baseball. Um, but I-, I think that this is going to be a very interesting baseball season, especially coming off of this Astros scandal, which I'll actually be talking about later in my T Top 10. So hint, hint, wink, wink on that one. Um, I- I'll be like... You know, as we reflect on the Astros scandal and how everything has played out um, from point A to point Z, um, we haven't reached point Z. See, that's the thing is, is like we haven't we probably have to like wait for the effect of that to happen. Um, My friends and I were talking about what's the over under for how many times an Astros batter is going to get hit this season. I I, I think I I can't give you a number for that, but I'm definitely sure that uh, someone's going to get hit eventually. And I just don't know how many times it's going to happen. Um, but obviously, pitchers, uh, all pitchers of the MLB, should be uh, should be mad right now. They should feel a little bit. Um, I, I I don't I don't know that there, there there's no, so many emotions out there in terms of how people are reacting to the Astros scandal. And I think the main reaction is is making kind of shedding light on the idea of just once again we're in an era where we want to play fairly and if we're not playing fairly then you're going to get consequences and I think one of the consequences is people are going to people are going to start hating you especially those pitchers who uh feel a little bit um I don't know uh they just don't want their pitchers being read that's cheating so I just don't think that they uh, are going to be happy about that this season um so I'm interested in seeing what happens in that regard um but in terms of spring training, um, I think everyone right now is calm. Everyone's trying to get back into shape. And uh, they're going to go from there. But it's just very nice to see baseball being played once again. Um, as much as it is as a spring training, it's not in season. Uh, it, like I said, baseball's back. I'm feeling it in the air. We had a really good weekend this past weekend in terms of weather. Uh, 50 degrees you know I felt uh, I could smell spring in the air you know and baseball is a big part of that so it's just exciting to kind of you know feel that uh, so I want to talk about this article that came out today about MLB uh, the top 11 players to keep an eye on if you're if you have the uh, MLB app or if you go on MLB.com this is one of the headlined articles um, and it talks about 11 players to keep an eye on this spring and I think it's a fantastic article kind of pinpointing specific players, veterans, and even prospects uh that may that should show up. And there is one cub on this list. We'll start off. Well, actually this former cub on this list is number one, Jake Arietta. Um, you know, he spent the last two seasons with a couple injuries, and let's see how he's gonna recover from that in a rotation that has Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, and Arietta could be fit in as a third spot. So just like having that kind of perspective in terms of uh, who's going to fill in what spots and rotations is a conversation for not just the Phillies here, but for the entire MLB. So keep an eye on that. Other pitcher, Chris Sale. That's another guy to keep an eye on. Can he keep it up? Can he, uh, you know, step up in a roster that uh, just lost David Price? So that's that's a big deal. Um, they have Giancarlo Stanton on this list. I don't care about Stan; He strikes out a lot. I'm just going to skip him. David Price, as I mentioned, he's another guy on this list. Um, uh, the The article says, quote, he doesn't want to be the, quote, other player in the Mookie Betts trade. You know, Everyone's talking about this trade in terms of, hey, it's all about Mookie Betts, but also you got a very effective pitcher in David Price, and David Price is out there to prove that he isn't that, quote, other player in the Mookie Betts trade. He's out there to prove that he's still got it, and he still has the ability to, to be in the top 3 in a starting rotation in a starting rotation in this Los Angeles Dodgers team that just lost a Jin Ryu and now he just filled in that spot with a David Price. So that 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 that's a big deal in terms of like who we need to watch out for, who's going to perform. And you can also say Mookie Betts, how is he going to perform in 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 an LA Dodgers jersey? Seems like both of them are fitting in in LA right now in spring training, so that's uh very good to see. And if you're Dave Roberts, um let's see. Cardinals uh Tommy Edmond, I'm not as familiar with him, but he's a young player. Um he he's an in, he's an infielder, but he's uh, mainly a third baseman, which in terms of Matt Carpenter, who currently fills that spot, Carpenter could also play first base, but it's also a battle for who's going to win that infield spot. So like when we're in conversation of who's going to win spots on the field for respective baseball teams, um you're going to you're going to bring in those prospects into conversation. And I'm gonna talk about that when we get into the Cubs very soon. Speaking of the Cubs, there's another guy on this list in terms of pitching, and that is Cubs veteran left-handed pitcher John Lester, who will get the start, I believe, on Wednesday. Or to tomorrow. Tomorrow. He's getting the start tomorrow in spring training. So it's very important to see how he, you know, is in shape. He looks a little bit more chiseled. He looks just in shape this season. I mean, he wants to come off of an offseason so so to speak last year. John Lester felt like he didn't have the best of his seasons last year, and he wants to recover from that. So let's keep an eye on how he performs and uh, how he is going to approach this season in terms of where is he going to fit in this rotation? In a rotation that has you Darvish, Kyle Hendricks, uh, Tyler Chatwood is vying for it, and Jose Quintana. So that's big. And then when I talk about rotations is how is David Ross as this new manager, going to work this rotation. I'm interested to see how David Ross reacts to this because he's got options, and that's a good thing. Options is a good thing, which is something that Joe Madden had a lot of when he had his time as a coach of the Chicago Cubs. Um, okay, here's another one that caught my eye. Uh, Joe Adele, J O A D E L O is Joe Adele, the Angels outfielder, who is 20 years old, is MLB Pipeline's number six prospect, Um, And he is said to be, quote, on track to be a huge impact player. Um, And we talk about outfield players, and outfield is sometimes a commodity, especially as as you're talking about prospects. Um, This guy is a big deal when it comes to um, fitting in uh, holes in in an outfield for the Angels that has, of course, Mike Trout in it, of course, but who's going to fill in right or left field, you know? And uh, you want to fill in a guy, a rookie, with, a guy like Mike Trout who is a veteran who knows who knows I mean he knows baseball left and right so just kind of reflecting on who is going to fill what spots um it's going to be prospects you got to look you got to fall back initially on those prospects number 8 Brendan McKay rays left-handed pitcher rays have the rays have been uh, have been suffering not suffering they actually worked through it well last year i think for the first half of the season they were had a four pitcher rotation Um, and now they're trying to add to it. And uh, with a guy like Brandon McKay, um, he's a left-handed pitcher. Also, he plays first base. So he got a full-time two-way player. How is he going to play that? Um, He struggled in some major league appearances in terms of pitching, um, but in terms of first base, uh, maybe he could do something about that. But at the same time, that's a utility player. You could bring a first baseman in in, like, the third – he could be playing th- first base in like the 15th inning and they need a-, a pitcher to come in. He could come in the pitch. He doesn't have to come into the bullpen. He doesn't have to come from the bullpen. Yes, it would have been nice for him to warm up, but at least you got a pitcher in the 15th inning. Um, here's another one here. It's White Sox. Uh, the White Sox are trying to fill in some middle-, middle infield depth alongside Tim Anderson. You got a guy like by the names of Nick Madrigal. Um, he wants to win the second base job um, in his second full professional season. Um, so he, he's been through one season. Now he, now he, he's thinking big time. He's thinking big picture. Is he going to fill in those roles? Um, couple more. Got yeah, Carter Kyaboom and Sean Murphy of the A's. Um, so that's, I, I, I'm, I like this article a lot. I read it a couple of times through kind of like thinking about other players who we should keep an eye on. Um, uh, but this is a really good list. Like these are like all the names that come to the top of my head. At first glance, thinking about who's gonna, who do we have to keep an eye on this season? A lot of those names on this list, especially John Lester, David Price, um, you know, especially Jake Arrieta and Chris Sale, you know, all those pitchers. Those are the pitchers that come to mind to me first when you talk about pitchers to look out for in this 2020 season. Um, So, let's talk about the Cubs. Um, When I talk about the depth, I think. I've been kind of reflecting on how much depth this Cubs team has compared to the past few seasons, and like I said about Joe Madden, he had a lot to work with, a lot to work with the past few seasons in terms of field depth and hitting depth for that matter. Um, I don't think David Ross has that much of options as maybe what Joe Madden had, but I feel like that's a good thing because it takes a little bit less pressure off of David Ross rather than he can take on the more tactical approach to coaching the game rather than uh, you know picking and choosing to fit into his tactical approach. He knows what players are going to fit in best. Players like, of course, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant. There's a reason why he put Chris Bryant in the leadoff spot. I think that's a great decision considering he's got a hint of power. Chris Bryant, we know, we know his power, but we also know his discipline at the plate you got to have that guy disciplined at the plate and he's willing to take walks. He can get a base hit. Um and he'll he'll come up big when he needs to. So I that excites me to see how Chris Bryant's going to perform, but I feel like that's going to change over the season. Like Anthony Rizzo might hit lead off because, you know, he's found success in the leadoff role. Um but let's see what Chris Bryant can do in the leadoff role. Um, And then other players that David Ross can play with very well in his tactical um, plan would be that of like um, the catcher. Catching position is perfect. Wilson Contreras. And then it's really good to see Victor Caratini perform um, already this spring training uh, because it shows that he's getting better as a catcher and that shows catching depth. And you don't know what it's going to be like this season with Wilson Contreras, especially since he was injured uh, a good portion of last season. So we got to make sure that both your catchers are healthy and that even if they aren't, you got options behind that. Uh, infield, of course, uh, middle infield. Uh, I was just talking about rookie prospect infield depth. And you talk about Nico Horner, who uh, was promising last year. And now this year, the Cubs had a, a minor league contract pickup, uh, and that was Jason Kipnis. So, Jason, I, I like, literally, the past two Monday Man of Sports Talk shows, I didn't realize Jason Kipnis was a Chicago Cub. So this is the first time me, uh, like, talking about it on the show, um, is that of Jason Kipnis. I mean, this guy's a veteran. This guy's from Northbrook. He grew up a Chicago Cubs fan. As much as he lost to the Chicago Cubs in 2016 with the Cleveland Indians in the World Series, he's still that, you know, Chicago Cubs fan that he's fulfilling his dreams of playing in the North Side. So, that's really cool, and I feel like he deserves at least some uh, appearances as a Major League Chicago Cub and see what he's got left. He's played baseball before. He's been in this position before. Just not in the National League. That's Not as much of a different environment, but in terms of Wrigley Field, that's not a—it's a good ballpark to hit in, especially for left-handed hitters. In terms of Jason Kipnis, so that's those are two guys vying for the second base position. But I feel like those are your two guys, Horner and Kipnis, which makes me really happy that Aston Russell is not a Chicago Cub anymore, um, because that would just be an unnecessary infield depth. And then of course Javier Baez, who can forget about Javier Baez? Come on, Javier Baez—it's Javier Baez um so outfields jason hayward albert amora kyle schwarber that's your that's your main outfield um and then you're gonna have more options in that regard but i want to talk about pitching because um a lot of the questions last year revolved around like who are who's the most effective pitchers on this cubs roster or cubs staff um and when you think about that i, I think about guys like you know a big time signing last year in terms of craig kimbrough craig Kimbrell, was injured a little bit. The reason why um, I- I'm putting him up to question is because will he meet his market value of what the Cubs signed him for? He- they signed him for a lot of money. Um, and as what, three years, $40 million? So this guy needs to perform. And statistically, in the past three seasons, Craig Kimbrough's fastball is not the same as it used to be. He used to hang around 98, 99 miles an hour, uh, and then he dropped in 2018 to around 97, 98. And in 2019, when he played for uh, the Cubs, he was around 96. So that means he's dropping in velocity. And that's not good when he when you're talking about a fastball pitcher. Craig Kimbrell's average against hitters with his fastball in 2017 was around 188. It turned into... T- in- to the low 200s in 2018 and in 2019 his fastball a hit the hitters against craig kimbrell's fastball their average was 477 0.477 so that is like high alert right there that's from low 200s to 477 in one season that's a lot so that's something that craig kimbrell needs to keep his eye on um this off uh, this spring training is tapping into his fastball, um, mixing up his pitch arsenal, good so that he can complement his fastball. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to. And then a couple last points here on baseball in terms of cuss pitching, I talked about it already. Got to see what John Lester's up to. Got to see how he's feeling. I'm lo- I'm actually really interested in how he performs in maybe just two innings tomorrow in in the spring training game. How he pitches what his velocity looks like, how his breaking balls looking. So we'll see. We'll see about that. All right, so that's baseball for you. Yep, yep, yep. So that was fun. Um, next, we got basketball. Talk about some DePaul basketball. Talk about NBA standings. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. We'll uh, get more into it right here, right now, on Monday Madness Sports Talk. Here on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of Air Paul Blue, Demons. Looking forward to a good basketball segment coming up, so stay tuned.
4: It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. Uh-oh. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings and another. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
2: Hey, it's dibs your favorite demon in a blue suit. You're really? listening to Radio to Paul Sports, the student voice of your to Paul Blue Demon.
1: Campbell to Stonewall. Stonewall driving to the rim, goes up, gets it to foul, and one. Oh, Max Drews brings down the house.
2: Radio DePaul Sports, your home for Blue Demon basketball.
0: You are listening to Monday Madness Sports Talk with your host, Noah Festenstein. Right here on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons.
1: Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons.
0: Welcome back to Monday Man of Sports Talk, right here on Radio DePaul Sports, student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Bringing me into this segment... The basketball segment, Crank That, Dollars, going to be played on to this week's episode of Noah at Night. Every Thursday night on the Radio DePaul stream, 11 to midnight. So let's keep it going here with Monday Mana Sports Talk. On for another hour here on RadioDePaulSports.com and that Radio DePaul app. Okay, 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 okay. Let's just give ourselves a quick recap of the NBA standings with a highlight of the Chicago Bulls and maybe where they're at. Um, so as kind of like my first glance here at the Eastern Conference when I look at it, um, is that the Bucs are just walking away with it. Not surprised there. 48-8, and 6.5 in front of first place in front of the Toronto Raptors, um, who are still having a good season in terms of Following up their championship season, 42 and 15. Um, then you got the Boston Celtics, Miami Heat, Philadelphia 76ers, uh, Indiana Pacers, Brooklyn Nets, and the Orlando Magic, all one through eight. Uh, so those are your playoff teams. But then you look a little bit down the list from the eighth to tenth, you got the Wizards, and then our very own Chicago Bulls. So. But four games being back behind a playoff berth, playoff opportunity, you may say. um, They had a couple chances to win um, in terms of, like, kind of gaining on that. Um, They did have a big win against the uh, ninth-place Wizards yesterday at home, under 26 to 17. Uh, Big, big game by – who was it? Who had that big game? Yeah, it was Zach Levine had a massive game yesterday. 32 points and 36 minutes played um Sadoransky also had 39 minutes played and he played well at forward giving up 15 points and then thaddeus had a good game at 23 points so i'm just looking at these guys you know your leaders in terms of points um because then i wanted to highlight our favorited rookie prospects. you may say kobe white 33 points um Fantastic performance by both Kobe White and Zach Levine because those are your guys you look forward to in terms of scoring those points. And you know, if both of those guys are on their game, you're more than likely gonna win a basketball game. It's easily said enough. Um because you're gi- they're giving a minutes and I think the problem is the bench. The bench doesn't really give off a lot of points. Um you know, the ba- uh, it's hard to say when most of your points are coming from your starters. You're more, it, it, it's just like you're falling back on the bench, and they're just not performing well enough. And that's just not effective for this Bulls team, who do have a relative chance to make the playoffs, but they're 20-38. and 38. Um, And to say that they're four, point, four games away from, making, from having a chance to be in the playoffs, a 20-38 and 38 record says a lot about this Eastern Conference. A lot about this Eastern Conference, um, because you got, like I said, the Milwaukee Bucks being that elite team at the top of the of, of the standings, uh, and then of course you got the Toronto Raptors just c- completely demolishing um, this East Eastern Conference. So, um, just it's it's hard to think that this Bulls team has a chance at that, and at the, at the same time, I don't know. This just doesn't seem like an ideal Bulls season. You know, you had one, uh, like, All-Star game, for example. You had your All-Star game here in Chicago. One of the best All-Star games, I think, in a very long time. All-Star weekend's in a very long time. And you got, what, one guy who played in the three-point contest in Zach Levine? That's it. He didn't even compete in the dunk contest, which baffles me. Really, it baffles me. And it just shows what this Bulls team is at. Um... And Jim Boylan as head coach, I don't see him as head coach. I don't think he's the right fit for this team. Um, I don't even know if he's the right fit for any team for that matter. Um, But just, I I don't know. I don't know how to, I I don't know how to comprehend this Bulls team right now. There's just, there's just front office issues. Um, And when, when, when your players play, they'll play and they'll win, but it's just, always has to be a close win i don't remember the last time the bulls won a game and it was like a good like definitive win like yesterday yeah double digit win but both teams are like above 115 points and like it was a close game throughout and yeah there's like no serious wins that the bulls have had where they just won dominantly um at least in recent memory so that's a problem um, but the biggest problem, in my eyes at least, is that of, um, DePaul basketball, which I will get to in a couple minutes as I finish up the Western Conference, um, I'll be, because of, just, you'll get what I mean when I talk about DePaul basketball, but I'll get there in a couple minutes. Let's talk about this Western Conference standings, of course, the Los Angeles Lakers, five games in front of the Denver Nuggets in, in first place of the Western Conference, 43-12, and 12, Nuggets 39-18. and 18. Clippers right there at third place 37 to 19 and then from four to eight you got the Houston Rockets, Utah Jazz, Oklahoma City Thunder, Dallas Mavericks and the Memphis Grizzlies. So that's one through eight. Um, those are your playoff teams as of right now and then three games behind in playoff contention Trailblazers who at a the last minute um, Carmelo Anthony yesterday had a pretty good game. Um, so I'm looking out for him and his performance. He led the Trailblazers to a win and helping them become a little bit closer to that playoff spot at ninth place. The New Orleans Pelicans and Zion Williamson making their comeback. They are 25 and 32. Compare that the 10th place team to the 10th place team in the in the Eastern Conference at 20 and 38. You got a 25 and 32 team at 10th place in the in the Western Conference, and then you got the Los San Antonio Spurs 24 32, and then Los Angeles Kings. Phoenix Suns, Minnesota Timberwolves, and then last but certainly least, the Golden State Warriors at twelve and forty-five. Okay, let's get into ball to ball basketball. We got six minutes to do this. Um, so where do I start? First of all, they got their win on Saturday that they so desperately needed. Um, with Georgetown having once again McClung out, McClung, their uh, star sophomore player on Georgetown has been out. For quite some time, even even though he played like a few minutes last week, but he had to leave early in the game. So again, DePaul having to compete for this win um, with one of the starters out for Georgetown, and DePaul this time was able to get the win at home at Winchester Arena, seventy-four to sixty-eight on Saturday to keep their record above five hundred. They have never at a point this season been under five hundred. Of course, with their twelve and one start, they met up at five hundred at thirteen and thirteen. But then, of course, with this one on Saturday, they're back above 500, which is, at this point of the season, think about it. Yes, as much as that 12-1 start was great, beating Texas Tech, Minnesota, Iowa, Boston College, et cetera, you know, that was great and all. But this Big East Conference is really scary. Like, this is a badass conference. Like, like this conference is probably the best conference in the entire league, in the entire NCAA, hands down. So... When I kind of like reflect on this DePaul basketball season, it all fell through once Big East Conference started. And the expectation going into this season was, yes, we this, this team looked really talented, but, I mean, what was the expectation at the beginning of the season? And I remember talking about DePaul basketball, you know, in the, in the regard of and the perspective of them being under probation, them, you know, having to suspend their coach for the first three games, They went undefeated in those first three games. That's a stat to to note. Um, But this team right now, they are meeting certain expectations that we had at the beginning of the season. And we set expectations once DePaul basketball became 12-1 to say, hey, this team should be in the tournament. After beating these caliber teams outside of conference, this team needs to be in the tournament. Those are the expectations after 12-1. We did not have those expectations before this season, to be in the NCAA tournament. So people that are, you know, being very disappointed about now not have, probably not having the ability to make the tournament, people are sad about that because they thought that they had that chance with that 12-1 and start. Yes, I'm sad about it too. Don't get me wrong. But remember, the expectation at the beginning of the season was not making the tournament at all, like not even coming close to it. So the fact that we were able to get that conversation, to have that conversation in terms of DePaul basketball making the tournament, I think says a lot about this season because they had that chance. They had that chance that no one thought that they were going to have this season. And right now they're still top 75 in the AP pool. So that's what? 13 away or not even like 10 away from, you know, being in the top 64 in terms of being in the tournament, top 68 gets to be in the tournament. So, or at least according to the NCAA bracket makers that that's at their discretion. Um, so DePaul basketball, if they really want to make the tournament without having to win the biggies tournament they need to win out. they need, need they need to win out. enough said um DePaul women's basketball, however, is a different story, a much better story. and um congrats to them on winning the Biggies conference regular season uh that was huge. however, yes the uh what yesterday um I forgot what the final score was. Uh, they did lose to Villanova yesterday by a score of 76-58. That was definitely their worst loss of the season, but definitely a loss that you know can be looked on and said, "Hey, you know this is how we can adjust. This is just how it goes sometimes." And this is a good Villanova Wildcat team in terms of women's basketball, so I'm not worried about it. And the the had a couple chances throughout the game to kind of like make their way back, but that it just didn't. I mean, after the first quarter, twenty nineteen, and then um Villanova 13 to 11 in the second and then they kind of ran away with it in the second half so just chances for DePaul to come back in that one but that's okay they've already proven their point in the Big East Conference regular season Villanova you know be happy about your win you just beat a really good DePaul Blue Demon women's team a team that has Kelly Campbell Chante Stonewall um you know that's just like and Lexi Hell, too She this this girl is just off the charts. Um so I'm really proud about this the women's basketball team. I'm really aching for their success. Um and looking forward to another big East tournament at Wintrust Arena very soon. So that's gonna be cool. Um and also another NCAA appearance. So um that's what, eighteen season in a row now? That would that would be the case. So um kind of falling back on the men's basketball. Once again expectations were not really they were met to an extent expectations were set after 12 and 1 and um that was to make the tournament and it just didn't do it and i mean come on what do you expect this is the paul men's basketball we're talking about like i feel like people are used to this by now and you know as a as a student who is, you know, in his second year at DePaul, final second and final year at DePaul, and I have gone to DePaul basketball games in my time, even while not at DePaul, um, I, I have to start getting used to this kind of uh, culture now of DePaul basketball um, because it's not a winning-esque culture. But this season, at the beginning of the season, they made it into a winning culture, and then the feeling of that being stripped away, it's not a good feeling. It's not. And um there's still a chance, but I'm not getting mad. I'm not I'm not raising my expectations too high. I'm just trying to enjoy left to the best of my abilities. Enjoying life on this radio program, Monday Mana Sports talk. That's the best way to go about it. So let's cut let's keep doing it. And we're gonna keep doing it with some hockey, which is right up next here on Monday Mana Sports Talk. We're gonna talk about some NHL trade deadlines. Some trades are going down right now, left and right, and I am very excited to talk about it, um, and also I want to talk about this David Aries story, the 42-year-old emergency goalie that had to come in um, and be back up to uh, uh, just a game. I'll talk about it very soon. So uh, we'll get right back into it right quick here on Monday Mass Sports Talk. It's to Paul Sports, student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. See you soon.
4: crosses over, the fadeaway. Let me step back and kiss oh myself. Oh my MVP gosh, time, Windy City Assassin does it again. Troll trying to get open, fires away. Oh, it's over! The Bulls win as a buzzer! Live from downtown Chicago, you're listening to Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of the DePaul Blue Demons.
2: Hey, it's Dibbs, your favorite demon in a blue suit. You're listening to Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul blue demon.
1: Campbell to Stonewall. Stonewall driving to the rim, goes up, gets it to foul, and one. Oh, Max Drews brings down the house.
4: Radio
2: DePaul Sports, your home for blue demon basketball.
0: Welcome in to Monday Madness Sports Talk, your award-winning radio show starting off the week right. Here on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons.
1: Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, The student voice of your DePaul Blue
0: Demons. Welcome back to Monday Man of Sports Talk. Right here on Radio DePaul Sports. The student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Bringing me into this one is Renaissance. Featuring Clarity, Steve James, and Kid, the Kid Remix. Going to play this one on Noah at night. Thursday nights from 11 to midnight on the Radio DePaul stream. Remind you guys, the Radio DePaul stream and the Radio DePaul sports stream is on the Radio DePaul app. It is your one-stop shop for everything you need. About your favorite college radio station, Radio DePaul. Download it on the App Store today. Okay, time for some hockey Talking about some trades, talking about the storyline that happened on Saturday night. I'm excited to talk about it um, in terms of what happened last year. It's a very similar situation um, when you are you got two goalies in hockey. You got your starting goalie and your backup goalie. And when your starting goalie gets injured, are you put in your backup. But what happens when your backup gets injured? Who's coming in? Well all teams have a backup plan for their backup plan. And that backup plan for that of the Carolina Hurricanes on Saturday night was David Aries, a 42-year-old goaltender who is, um, you know, just a goaltender. I mean, he's just a Zamboni driver. He's literally a Zamboni driver for the AHL Toronto Marlies. Um, and he, he uh, on Saturday night, when the Carolina Hurricanes were up 6-1, to came in as an emergency goalie. First off, you don't see a 42-year-old emergency goalie, 42-year-old goalie at any time, anytime. Maybe a Martin Brodeur, that's it. Um, but you don't see a backup 42-year-old goalie come in, so you don't see that every day. So, Aries came in, um, he, and the defense of Carolina, held Toronto to 10 shots uh, in 28-plus minutes, and he, uh, Aries was able to make eight of them. Eight stops, eight stops, and ten shots, and he only conceded two goals. And uh, I, I would think that he'd be a little bit more uncomfortable coming into a game where, let's say, if it wasn't six to one, Warren rather three to one. You know, Um, which I find pretty funny considering um, that being the case, and also with uh, Aries being the Toronto Marlies Zamboni driver, he he technically should be playing for the. toronto maple leafs uh because that's who who's playing in that game but it got, but apparently he played against the toronto maple leafs and uh yeah so that's cool so the question is who do you want in that scott foster who played for the Blackhawks last year as a backup goalie uh, uh, a beer league goalie who stepped in last year or uh david aries um i got scott foster just because i'm a biased person sometimes and um, I'm just going to go with Scott Foster because he's the man. He came in, you know, beer league goalie, stopped a bunch of stops for the Blackhawks. And uh, it's just a lot of fun. Okay, so speaking of the Blackhawks, before I get into some trade talk here, uh, let's give a quick update on those standings because the Blackhawks are now falling short once again as being the last place team in the Central Division currently with 62 points behind the fourth-place Jets, who are 69 points away, seven points differential there between the next playoff spot. I don't know. Is it time to throw in the towel for the Blackhawks right now? I think it could be. I mean, you also got other teams from the Pacific Division. I was talking a lot about this last week in terms of the Blackhawks having to surpass so many teams in order to be be, be in a playoff spot. Um, and those teams consist of the Coyotes, Sharks, Ducks, Kings, Uh, Even though the Kings are like 12 points behind the Blackhawks, so I would say the Ducks, Sharks, Coyotes, mainly the Coyotes, because they're the second wild card spot. If anything, the the Jets are competing with the Coyotes right now for the last wild card spot, and the Flames, who are both at 70 points. Then you got the Vancouver Canucks at 72 points, Edmonton Oilers at 73, and the Golden State or the Golden Knights at uh, 76. Not the Golden State Knights, Golden the Golden State Golden Knights. That'd be a heck of a name. Uh uh but yeah, that's a tight knit Pacific division. Uh, and then the Central division, you got the Blues, Avalanche, Stars, Jets, Predators, Wild, and then Blackhawks. Eastern Conference, the best team in the league, Bruins at 90 points. Then you got the Lightning at 85, then bottom down, Maple Leafs, Panthers, Sabres, Canadians, Senators, and then the Red Wings, the worst team in the league. Um and then you got the Metropolitan Division in the Capitals, 82 points. Penguins at 80 points, Flyers at 77 down the list. You got the Islanders, Hurricanes, Blue Jackets, Rangers, and then the Devils. Um, says a lot when a lot of last place teams have plus 50 points. And then the last place team, the Atlantic Division, has only 34 points. And the, in, in the, Bo- uh, the Boston Red Wings, what am I doing? First the Golden State, Golden Knights, and now the Boston Red Wings. What am I doing? Uh, <laughs> uh, the Detroit Red Wings at last place. a a team that has a tradition of winning, is now losing here in 2020. Um, So speaking of the Red Wings, they made a trade today. Uh, Let's highlight the trades now uh, here as um, I've been following a lot of these trades on social media, especially Instagram, uh, as they've been posting every single trade. So here are the trades that have happened today. It first started off with Mike Green of that of the Detroit Red Wings, heading over to the Edmonton Oilers. For that of Kyle Brodziak, which is a good pickup. That's a really good pickup. Uh, you got you got a center for a defenseman. That's a really good pickup. Plus, the Red Wings got a fourth-round pick, which is big. So I think the Red Wings won that trade. In, 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 in a season where the Red Wings are struggling, they actually were able to get a trade where I think they won. Um, next trade uh, involved the New York Islanders and Ottawa Senators. It went for Gene Gabriel Pagot. From the New York Islanders went in to the Ottawa Senators for bo- for all three things: 2020 first round pick, 2020 second round pick, and a 2022 third round pick. That is what the New York Islanders get for giving away Jean Gabriel Pagot. Okay, then the next trade is going to be a trade between the uh, Hurricanes and Florida Panthers. Imagine if the Hurricanes traded away David Aries as their backup backup goalie. That would be a trade for a first-round pick by far. Imagine. Um, so the Hurricanes traded away Vincent Trocek for all for three forwards and one defense. Forward Eric Hulla, Forward Lucas Walmark. Defense Chase Prisky. And forward E2 Loris Doreen. Loris I don't know how to pronounce that. But it seems like... Hur- the Hurricanes won this trade. You got one for one, and Eric Cola is a really good pickup uh, for a, a hur- this Hurricanes team. Next trade, next trade, next trade, next trade. Um, Let's look at uh, Patrick Marlowe. Yeah, I was going to talk about this one. Okay, so Patrick Marlowe, who is a veteran of the game and an absolute legend, I would say, in San Jose, has just been traded away to the... Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, I kind of imagine a guy like Marlowe being on the Pittsburgh Penguins, and that was in return for a 2021 third round pick, which surprises me. I thought that the Penguins would be, or the uh, Sharks would be getting something more out of Patrick Marlowe, but I mean, I don't think Patrick, I think Patrick Marlowe has proved his point as a San Jose Shark. I think maybe he's not really overstayed his welcome. I would just say, like, He's on a team that just cannot win. You know, they cannot, they they haven't proven themselves to be a Stanley Cup winning team. They had their chance a couple years ago in the Stanley Cup finals, and they just didn't come through. So, that's Patrick Merlo for you. Adios, amigos, from the San Jose Sharks. So, that is um, interesting there. Uh, So, not a trade. But an extension, a massive extension uh, for a very important player on the New York Rangers. Chris Kreider uh, has been signed to a seven-year extension for the New York Rangers. Um, Now let's talk about the Blackhawks. If they were to make a trade, if the Blackhawks are going to make a trade, I think the one big piece that they can use as a trade bait would be that of Eric Gustafson. He's a good player. He's good for this Blackhawks team, but I think he could be better for another team that could send us something like a, I would say a, I would say a trade for draft picks at this point. I mean, you already know that this Blackhawks team isn't going to be competing as much for anything as much as the next team is. So trade away for some some draft picks. If I were the Blackhawks, trade away for blood draft picks. Trade for a second round, third round draft picks. Those are huge, dude. Like imagine getting. Uh, a third round draft pick for a guy like Eric Gustin and then getting something in return in terms of like a future player that you, the Blackhawks could need—that's huge. So I think just considering for future, I mean, as now the the rookies are, are the veterans of this Blackhawks team are kind of deteriorating. They're 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 not going uphill; they're going downhill. Maybe Patrick Ham an exception to that notion, but a lot of these guys are going downhill in terms of their career. Uh, They're getting older, and just nature is taking their course with this Blackhawks team that was a dynasty in this past decade, and now it's looking forward to the future. And I think if we trade away pieces to look forward to the future, that would be a good move for the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay, so that is hockey for you today. Good hockey conversation, talking about some trades, talking about David Aries, talk about uh, the standings. A lot happened in that hockey conversation there. So a lot to unpack there, but a lot to unpack in the next segment. It is going to be all MMA combat sports, boxing, everything. We're going to be talking about the UFC event from this past Saturday night. Also, going to talk about um, the uh, the big boxing event, arguably the best heavyweight fight in the century between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. So, we're going to talk about that. When I come back here on Monday Man of Sports Talk, you are listening to Such right here on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons.
4: Rose crosses over the fadeaway. Let me step back and kiss myself. Oh, my and MVP gosh, it's Windy City
3: Assassin does it again. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. Ah, it's over. The Bulls win.
2: It's a
4: buzzer. Live downtown Chicago You listen to Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of the DePaul Blue Demon.
2: You're not wired to have a response to this sound. You're neutral to it. You hear it every time you finish a meal and never feel anything. But if we were able to associate this sound with a new stimulus, save the food, we've achieved pulling a natural response from you. Save the food. Why are we doing this, you may ask. Save the food. Because this ad is trying to change your after-meal behaviour through brainwashing. Because food waste costs the average family $1,500 a year. Save the food. Cha-ching. And 1500 extra bucks is like getting a pay raise. Save the food. Cha-ching. You're promoted. Which could pay for your child's braces. Save the food. Cha-ching. You're promoted. Check out my braces. So when you hear this sound, rethink your behaviour. Cook it, store it... Share it, just don't waste it. For tips and recipes, visit savethefood.com. Brought to you by NRDC and the Ad Council. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing
3: with, all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this, she even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese, and guess what? Egg rolls showed up, like magic. Humans have cool toys.
4: A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Ah. Max Treus curling right side. Drills oh a jumper. Nice. See what Struce does. He looks like
1: he wants to shoot. I was kind of hoping he would pull up there. And one. Floater was wet. Struce is loose. Struce Curl three. three. Bang. You know it. My goodness. Struce on the other end gets it to fall and one. Now off top, he's got a double team.
0: Now it's just Figueroa on him. Nice move. Quick move. Out of control. Oh my
1: goodness. Wow, he was out of control. He finished off last. That is a new career high for Max Drews. He had 34 earlier this year. He's got 35 now. You're listening to Radio DePaul Sports, the student
4: voice of your DePaul blue demons.
2: Hey, it's DePaul, your favorite demon in a blue suit. You're listening to Radio DePaul Sports. The student voice of your DePaul Blue Demon.
1: Campbell to Stonewall. Stonewall driving to the rim, goes up, gets it to Farrell, and one. Oh, Max Drew springs down the house.
2: Radio DePaul Sports, your home for Blue Demon basketball.
0: You're listening to Monday Madness Sports Talk, every Monday from 11 to 12 30 right here on RadioDePaulSports.com and the Radio DePaul app.
1: Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Deal.
0: Welcome back to Monday Man of Sports Talk. Right here on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Bringing me into this one is Thief, the Flux Pavilion Remix with Uke, right here on Radio DePaul Sports. Going to be playing that on the Radio DePaul app on Thursday nights, 11 to midnight on Noah at Night, which you can follow on radio.dePaul.edu. Just as well, you could follow Monday Mass Sports Talk on radio.dePaulSports.com. Or download that Radio Paul app on your smartphone today. Um, talking UFC, so I also want to plug in my MMA blog. I blog about uh, the welterweight class, in which the welterweight class I I, I think is the best uh, division in all of the UFC in terms of having Kamaru Usman, Jorge Masvidal, and now recently Conor McGregor in there. Um, you know, that's the best division, and I write about it. So you can follow that up on my WordPress account. That's at Welter Weigh-In. All you got to do is search Welter Weigh-In, and I think you might find it. Or just follow me on my social media, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, for more information, uh, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's get to it now. Here, as we witnessed a UFC event on Saturday night, I'm going to start off with that because I'm going to do it in order of the events because Saturday night was a fight night to the fullest because you had the UFC event and then immediately following the UFC event was the boxing world championship heavyweight world championship between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury so let's get into the UFC event So this UFC event was very well renounced you had some pretty good fighters coming into the likings of Jimmy Crute Uh, Carolina Kualzetswitz, who got destroyed in her match against Jan Zianun. Oh, man, two names that are just perfectly difficult to talk, to to just say. Um, So just um, some good fights. But the main event was that between Paul Felder and Dan Hooker, the rise and grind of a fighter who I think is one of the best right now uh, in a division that is inking for some uh, new types of fighters in the lightweight division with Dan Hooker. You know, Dan Hooker, a guy who can throw punches very well. He's very accurate, very... Uh, st- he's got a lot of stamina. He was able to prove himself in a five-round fight, in a lightweight five-round fight against a guy who can push him very hard in in Paul Felder. Paul Felder, I thought, won this match, 3-2. That was my scorecard. That was also Ariel Zawani's scorecard in ESPN in terms of saying Paul Felder won this match. Fair, clear, Clearly, but... Also, Paul Felder took easily the most damage. His right eye was out like past the third round, and it just wasn't the best situation for Paul Felder in terms of that. And I think that's what partially lost him the fight, because it, it it caused Paul Felder to kind of lose some of his abilities. You know, you lose part you lose part of your sight. your Your accuracy is gonna lo- your Your accuracy is gonna diminish. Uh, your perception's gonna take a little bit of a toll on you. Uh, and it's just not a good situation. So, um, just looking out for that. And, um, yeah. So, what really got me, though, was what Paul, Paul Felder said after the match, um, as I will play that for you right now. So, this is, this is Paul Felder after the match, immediately his response, um, that was music that was playing, so here we go. there. So here's Paul Fowler after his match against Dan Hooker.:
2: That might be it for me. Uh... You hear that crowd reaction to that. They love you, man. Man, I got a
4: four-year-old at home that misses me every time I go away like this.
0: So Paul Felder, after that, like a lot of fighters sometimes do, as at this point, Dan Hooker came in, gave him a hug, put up Paul Felder's hand like he's the true winner here, which to me he is, at least in the fight, and also as a fighter himself. I knew this is is
3: exactly what I was in for when I
4: came up here to New Zealand. I pissed this guy off, you know. And when you piss off a talented guy like Dan, he's going to bring it to you. And Man, that was fun, brother. That was fun. Five rounds going at it. (laughs) I'm not sure, you know, I'll still go back, I'll talk to my family, but
2: an absolute honor to come in here
0: and share the octagon. For 20- so yeah, obviously a lot to talk about with his family in which that, you know, that's the most important aspect of his life. He got very emotional in talking about his daughter and how she misses him uh, when he leaves to go fight. And especially for training camp, he's gone a lot, um, especially now almost halfway around the world in New Zealand. Uh, Paul Felder is away from his family, and he's fighting, and uh, he's fighting, and that's that's the whole idea of it is he's putting himself in a lot uh, of risk in terms of getting injured and in terms of uh, you know having to grind through this fight. And after this fight, both him and Dan Hooker went to the hospital. They took a nice, cute picture, as all the opponents usually sometimes do, um, out of respect, together in the hospital. You look at both of them in the hospital bed and, um, A good example was Diary Rodriguez fighting the Korean zombie. Both of those guys had an unbelievable fight, both inflicting so much damage on each other that they just took a picture together in in, in the hospital beds in the same hospital room. You just imagine the, like, just a comical conversation going on between the two fighters that are in the hospital together, talking about, um, hey, yo, you know, I kicked your butt or (laughs) something like that. Just thinking about this, the funny conversation that would go on between two UFC fighters, um, in the same hospital room that because they're in the hospital because they did that to each other um i find that funny um but paul felder is completely right he knew what he was coming forward into this match i said this last week um because paul felder called dan hooker's last fight and paul felder was the guy who came up in the octagon and interviewed hooker um after his win his previous win and he was like yeah and dan hooker called him out called paul felder out saying i want to fight a ranked fighter and that's what he got. Dan Hooker got a ranked fighter, and he beat a ranked fighter. And now Dan Hooker stays, rema- deserves to stay a, a a ranked fighter. Even if he lost that match by decision against Felder, Dan Hooker proved himself to be a ranked fighter because he fought a ranked fighter. He competed against a ranked fighter, and he inflicted a lot of damage on uh, Paul Felder, who at the time was sixth um, or seventh in the ranking. And I think Dan Hooker is going to get bumped up in the lightweight rankings. Um so this upcoming weekend, we got ourselves a fight night, uh, a free fight night, and a very rare free fight night in terms of we actually have a five-round championship fight at flyweight. The vacant flyweight belt being vacant by Henry Cejudo, who to me is still the champion of flyweight, has to relinquish his belt because he hasn't fought in a while. So the belt is up for grabs between Ho- Joseph Benavidez and Deveson Figueroa. Um, both fantastic fighters. Joseph Benavidez, man, that guy's a beast. That guy's so scary. I would never want to step in front of the octagon with him. Even though he's 125 pounds, I'm 180. I still wouldn't want to step in front of the oct- in the octagon with any of these fighters. This is going to be a great fight. I'm really looking forward to it. And you also got a women women's featherweight co event that's really good with Felicia Spencer. I always look forward to his Felicia Spencer fight. And then, uh, oh, gosh, God help me with this name. Uh, Zara Varan dos Santos. I think I got that right. That's a win for Felicia Spencer in my book. I'm rooting for her. Um, and then a lightweight, heavyweight, light heavyweight ma- match between Ian Kutilaba and Magomed Ankalev. So, some good fights this Saturday night for fight night 169. So, that's going to be something to look forward to. And then the week following that is going to be UFC 248 between Israel Adesanya and Yoel Romero. Um, and then that will be a women's strawweight co-main event in terms of the strawweight championship between Wiley Zing and Joanna Zajicic. So, yes, that's that for UFC. But I want to get into what happened on Saturday night and basically my main event. I mean, yes, you got the Paul Felder, Dan Hooker main event. That was the main event, but that was not the main event of the night. It was that of Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder, the rematch. Uh, I think the most highly anticipated rematch, arguably of all time, and also, um, I don't uh, all time. That's a that's a stretch. That's a stretch. Yeah, you guys are probably thinking right now after me saying that that's a that's a that's a bold statement, Noah. That's a bold statement. But no, that's that's I I don't think that um. It was. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. It was definitely the most anticipated fight this century in terms of heavyweight. Because you got Mike Tyson, who who is one of the best heavyweights of all time. That's probably the last notable heavyweight since Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. And the reason why this fight was so big is because both of these fighters in Wilder and Fury are the best heavyweight fighters since that of Mike Tyson. Easily said. I'm not backing on that word. Best boxing athletes in terms of heavyweight it's just, like when you look at the fight, though, like, Deontay Wilder came in at 230 pounds, and Fury was, like, like 270. That's a 40-pound difference. So, you got to think to yourself, a guy who's got a 40-pound difference in a boxing match, and it seems like he overpowered Wilder a lot. Like, Fury, I've never seen a boxer overpower a guy like that in a very long time, at least in terms of a championship fight, because these two guys... Have so much power. And I was talking about the, the, that last week. Is th- these guys can absolutely throw some bombs, you know? Like, I, and we expected that in this fight. And in the first two rounds, you saw Wilder throw in a lot of good punches and he landed them. He did. But Fury is just that t- kind of fighter who, uh, doesn't get back down from that. He, in his last match, in F- Fury's last match against, um, who was it? Otto Wallen. Um, that was his last match. In, like, the third round, Fury's eye got busted open, and he was gushing blood for, like, nine straight rounds and was still able to win the fight. Like, come on, you can't do that to Tyson Fury. And that's a big reason why I actually had Tyson Fury win this match is because he knows how to take that kind of blow, and he's coming in off of that sort of fight where his eye was gashed open for nine straight rounds. And he's coming into a wilder fight where he's got a game plan, he can take a hit against Wilder, and he knows how to fight against him. He learned lessons in the first fight that he's going to bring in and take to effect in the second fight, and that's why Fury won this fight. Is because he had a game plan. Wilder didn't seem like he he it, Wilder seemed like he was there to adjust to um, Tyson's game plan and not have his own game plan. Um, and Wilder trusted his abilities. The way, why not when you have a fighter like Wilder? Like this guy's a beast. This guy comes in wearing a whole freaking. Uh, night like black knight outfit like a scary black knight outfit like, that, like first of all mind you the two the two intros for both of these fighters Tyson Fury and uh Deontay Wilder that was just worth the entrance that was worth the pay-per-view that night like I was just cracking up I loved it it was entertainment to the finest um I thought in boxing like like that's the type of entertainment you don't get in MMA UFC like that was a lot of fun. You you got Tyson Fury being walked out on a throne. Um, last time in the Out of Valen fight, he walked out. Um, it, it was a tribute. It was a Mexico tribute. So he's walking out in a sombrero and being carried on on a throne as well. Um, just so much fun in terms of intros. But, of course, Deontay Wilder comes in. If you guys look it up online, it's pretty f- cool. To act- it's actually a really cool outfit. It's just a little intimidating. Uh, it's just a Black Knight outfit or something like that, I don't know, with a mask and everything. It was just two, two good intros that kind of make, think to yourself, well, can't be surprised that this is a, a main event fight. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm really happy Tyson Fury won after the third round, after uh, he was able to compete with Wilder's throws and he was able to adjust. Tyson Fury went in for his game plan, and the game plan was to wear him out um, overpower Wilder and keep throwing the punches making sure that he controls the center of the ring and he did so and after the third round it was all i mean it was all fury the entire fight like even the first two rounds like you give it you give those rounds to fury so then after the third round um it was just all just waiting to see how much wilder can take from fury and he took a lot yeah but um he got knocked down what three times two times in one round and uh, his corner said enough. His corner saw enough, and um, he they they threw in the towel seventh round. and just the beaten. There's like how beaten up Wilder was. You see that. You also see a couple pictures. Like it just goes to show how much power Fury has. How much um, how how much he can overpower any fighter. Like I, I like you could put Tyson Fury up against any other fighter in his future bouts. And I'm going to pick Tyson Fury after this, because this is... That's crazy. And I think the next big fight for Tyson Fury is going to be Joshua, Anthony Joshua, who just beat Ruiz um, in a rematch in that. So Anthony Joshua against Tyson Fury should be the next heavyweight boxing match, hands down. Um, Maybe Wilder could fight that fight against Joshua, but one of those two should fight that fight. Um, So... Uh, I, I'm that, that's what I would be looking forward to and we'll see from there very happy to see Fury won uh, I said that he was going to win by decision a very hesitant decision because it, it, this fight could have gone a- either way Wilder could have found his uh, advantage early in the rounds and he would have controlled anything could have happened I think those first three rounds were the deciding factor of who's going to take control of this fight and of course Fury took advantage of that notion Okay, so time to get into our last segment. It is your MMST Top 10 segment. So I'm going to spill the beans right now in what this MMST Top 10 is. It is Top 10 moments so far in 2020. Now, there's a couple of exceptions because there's a lot. First of all, I want to say this. Here in 20 it's been a very weird year in 2020 a very and honestly if our it's been heartbreaking so far with the news of Kobe Bryant and of course other heartbreaking news that have come around the sports world um you know how that has been how that situation alone has shaken out the sports world um I feel like this is a good time here as we approach the month of, of marches you know as we reflect on the, the past month and a half, there's been a lot of sports moments. There's been a lot of sports moments that we need to reflect on, and uh, I correlated a, t- a top 10 list in terms of top 10 moments so far in 2020. Um, I have disincluded uh, Kobe Bryant from the list, so Kobe Bryant is not on the list. I think that entire story is a separate conversation and in a separate category. I think that that's the category of all-time sports moments, considering it brought the sports, it brought the sports world together. And I feel like I I couldn't put the Kobe Bryant situation in this top 10 list because it's just a story of its own. And it's if I were to put it on the list, it'd be number one, 100%, because of how much of an impact it had on the world. But I just think it's in a a category of its own. The story is of Kobe Bryant, and I, I, I just don't want to put that in this list today. But it's a good list nonetheless. A lot of sports moments have happened here in 2020 already, and I want to share that with you. So I'll be getting that into that right then and there here on Radio DePaul Sports, student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. See you back in a bit. Stay tuned.
4: Max Struis curling right side. drills a jumper. Let's see what Struis
1: does. He looks like he wants to shoot. I was kind of hoping he would pull up there. And one. Floater was wet. Struis is loose. Struis Struis curl three. three. Bang. You know it. My goodness.
4: Struis on the other end. Gets it to fall and one. Now off top, he's got
0: a double team. Now it's just Figueroa on him. Nice oh, move. Quick move. Wow. Out of oh, control. Oh my
1: goodness. Wow, he was out of control. Max he finished off That is a new career high for Max Struce. He had 34 earlier this year. He's got 35 now. You're listening to Radio DePaul Sports,
4: the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life.
3: Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, and, of course, companionship. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with this person. That's actually known as the Treat Stare how intuitive and now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles Ah, the happy dance so coming with this group but really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like satchmo is to meet one visit the shelterpetproject.org today adopt brought to you by maddie's fund the humane society of the united states and the ad council
0: welcome in to monday madness sports talk your award-winning radio show starting off the week right Here on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons.
1: Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons.
0: Welcome back to Monday Man of Sports Talk, right here on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Bringing me into this next segment is One More Weekend with Audion and MAX. we we'll be playing that on this week's Noah and Night episode. Every single Thursday night from 11 to midnight on the Radio.DePaul De- stream. I got 10 minutes to do this, so let's get it going here. It's a top 10 list. Top 10 moments thus far in 2020. Um, this list is this including uh, the tragedy that happened um, in January with Kobe Bryant. I think that is a separate story of its own, and I feel like that deserves its own recognition, in which, of course, I did in episode 159, in which you can listen to on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. So let's get it going. Here is the top 10 moments so far here in 2020. Let's start it off with number 10. This actually just happened re- very recently. I didn't talk about it in my hockey segment, but I'm going to talk about it now. It is Alexander Ovechkin getting his 700th goal in his career. Alexander Ovechkin, one of my favorite hockey players of all time. If you get me between Christine Crosby and Alex Ovechkin, I'm picking Alex Ovechkin any day of the week. And uh, when they won the Stanley Cup in 2017, I thought that was the most iconic moment in his career. And this only adds to it, is this 700th goal. That is um, a feat that not a lot of hockey players have reached. Um, So congratulations to Alexander Ovechkin on that. That is number 10 on the list. Number 9, LSU wins championship. Uh, so college football, LSU, I think, beating the narrative of this pa- these past years in Alabama, Clemson, everybody, you know, and, and even that of Georgia coming, coming into the championship game and creating their own narratives of being the best top teams in college football. But then LSU and Jordan Burrow just come in knocking on that door and says, hey, it's our time. And then they come in this year beating Clemson in the championship game. That was awesome. And I was and the, the entire college football playoffs was great. I thought that Ohio State-Clemson game was an amazing game. So just like just that alone, I had a lot of conversations about college football and the college football playoffs. So I got into that, and I was able to kind of really become a bit more attached to LSU as they won the championship. So that is my number nine. Okay, number eight is the Australian Open. I have never talked about the Australian. I don't talk tennis on this show. You guys never hear me talk tennis. And my grandmother would be so proud of me right now. I love you, Grandma. So here's this one is for you. Sophia Kennan winning the women's single in the 2020 Australian Open. Um, She becomes the first American woman um, other than Serena Williams to win the Australian Open women's singles since Jennifer Capriati in 2002. So that is history being made. So an American woman... Oh, an American woman winning this year's Australian Open, unexpectedly, for that matter. Um, just crushes her competition in the final. She beat Garbine Muguruza for in the final, four to six, six to two, six to two. So, um, just dominating fashion. This, you know, we're reaching a new era, especially in tennis. And Serena Williams, uh, you know, getting up there in age, she's still amazing. This woman's a beast, man. Serena Williams. I mean. But like, you know, you talk about other American tennis players that are coming up and, you know, you want to turn their attention to that. And I think Keenan deserves all the attention um, in terms of her winning the Australian Open. So that is my number eight on the list. Number seven is it didn't really happen much here in 2020, but it has unfolded more here in 2020. It is that of the Astros scandal unfolding here so far in 2020. It broke out in December, but it's just been unfolding ever since. Like the Astros being deemed by players around the league, uh the um you know people questioning, fans questioning about the MLB and whether or not they are, you know, worthy right now, whether or not the MLB uh is following morals and are they uh consequenting the Astros hard enough? Are the Astros should, you know, there's so many questions. Like I like there's so much on my mind about the scandal right now, and I think is the unfolding of the scandal is one of the most notable things that have happened so far here in 2020. Um, I, I could arguably put that um, behind the Australian Open of what I just talked about, just because it's just been that bad. Um, so that is number seven. Number six, let's see it. It is the initiation of the XFL. So um, a week later, after the Super Bowl, the XFL, week one, week two, week three, full of, uh, you know... Sideline reporting, sideline interviews during game, uh, -game, post-game, beer, one-hitting, you know, just, it's just great, you know. Um, It's just, you don't see that in locker rooms in the NFL, is guys just shotgunning beers in the locker room, and just for a celebration. You see them, you see guys do that for a championship celebration, but you just don't see shotgunning beers after just a, a win in the XFL, so that's, you know, you're putting the extreme in the X, you know. Um, But, yeah, I'm having fun with the XFL so far, especially with the rule changes. I really like the overtime rule in terms of it being like a shootout in the NHL and um, soccer. You know, you get that, and then just you get football, you know. You still have that dose of football even after uh, the Super Bowl, in which a lot of people, you know, have football withdrawals after the Super Bowl, and I feel like the XFL has helped fix a little bit of those withdrawals in terms of their initiation. So that's 10 through 6. Uh, let's go five, top five, in the best moments here in 2020. Let's start it off with the NBA All-Star Weekend Dunk Contest. Um, just the entire weekend as a whole, last weekend um, in Chicago with the NBA All-Star Game, everything going on with that, that was awesome. Like, I-, I-, I said it last week, I cannot be any more proud of our city in Chicago and hosting this very good event, this very highly anticipated event Um and it was an event that ha- was really entertaining in terms of the all-star competition. Um, the At <laughs> yeah, Wintrust Arena, you had the Celebrity Game, and then um, the same day, you had the Rising Stars Game at the United Center. This is a great weekend, especially for DePaul. You know, they got to show off their new arena in the Wintrust Arena, and uh, you had many, many guys who, uh, to the likeness of LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, you know, all those, all, all the Luka Doncic, you know, those guys are on the basketball court in Wintrust Arena. You know, you never thought that that would happen. Uh only t- like what 2 3 years into the existence of Wintrust Arena. So that's really cool to kind of note. Um and yeah, it's just a great competition. That dunk competition was insane. A lot to kind of unpack in terms of the judging of the competition and a lot of fifties left and right. Just a lot of entertaining dunks. I don't care about the scores. I don't care about the winning, the winners. There's just a lot of entertaining dunks that you just got to admire. Okay, number 4 is uh the Hmm. Mm. i'm thinking about this I'm, I'm like looking at the list kind of like deciphering what should be in front of what but i'm gonna say this one okay so number four i would say um fury knocking out wilder ah. that's easily that can easily be a top three in my book But, I mean, I had a lot of fun Saturday night. I feel like I've already gone so much in front of talking about other events that happened in terms of top events here in 2020, top moments in 2020. And the top moment was Fury knocking out Wilder. Come on. Wilder, he's fought 43 fights in his career, and he's never lost one fight, and he just got knocked out. That has got to be on your top five in top moments in 2020, especially if you're a combat sports fan. Like, you have to admire that. So that's my number four, Fury knocking out Wilder. Okay, number three, top three. Here we go. Hmm. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, top three. Actually, I'm gonna flip flop my three and four here. Uh the Mookie Betts David Price trade should be number four. And the Fury knocking out Wilder should be number two. Or number three. Um so Mookie Betts, David Price, I'll talk about it. I think this trade is the best thing that happened in terms of uh acquisitions over the offseason. There are a lot of free agents, but people underestimated the trade aspect of the baseball business and of course that took effect in two uh, of the, one of the most historic teams in history of baseball between the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Boston Red Sox so Mookie Betts David Price getting traded to them I was talking about it earlier in my baseball segment and how David Price doesn't want this to be a quote Mookie Betts trade he wants to see it as a Mookie Betts and David Price trade so I'm very interested to see how that folds out here as the season progresses. So that's my number four. I flip-flop my number four and three. So Fury knocking out Wilder is my number three in top 2020 moments thus far. So number two, let's see it. Um, baseball coming back is my number two. Baseball's back, baby. Gotta get excited for that. I mean, baseball being back, like springtime, you know, you know, it's just like around the corner. I, like, like I said earlier in the show. This past weekend, we had 50-degree weather here in Chicago. It's, you know, you could smell the spring coming. And you cannot get any more excited about that. So, you know, baseball coming back has got to be in my top three. Like, can never not get so excited for that. Um, But, yeah. Okay, so my number one is very controversial. I don't know. Actually, not controversial. But just, like, expected. Expectedly good. My number one top moment so far here in 2020 is Conor McGregor knocking out Donald's Cowboy Cerrone in 40 seconds, indicating that Conor McGregor is back in the UFC and he is once again a fighter to be reckoned with in multiple divisions, in the welterweight division and in the featherweight division. Lightweight division, for that matter. Um, That's awesome. Like, you, you don't see that every day. Is this guy coming back from a year-and-a-half hiatus and knocking out one of the most prolific fighters in history, in Donald Cowboy Cerrone, most amount of wins in UFC history, him being knocked down in 40 seconds by Conor McGregor. That's my number one on this list uh, in terms of top 20 moments here in 2020. Right on time, as the show is about to conclude, um, a lot of fun, as always, here on Monday Man as Sports Talk, Uh, but I had a lot of fun with this top 10 list. I, it took me a lot of thinking, you know, I wanted to make this top 10 list because there's just a lot going on in the sports world in terms of like heartbreak and around this world in general, just a lot of heartbreak and um, I just want to shine some light sometimes, you know, and some good moments this past, you know, some really good fun things to note as we're getting started in this new new decade, and I'm already able to correlate a top 10, 20, top 2020 moments so far here uh, in sports. And uh, I was able to talk tennis, MMA, baseball, football, hockey. Um, I didn't get soccer. I don't, I don't, I mean, if I were to say something for soccer in terms of top moments in 2020, it's got to be that Manchester City ban that I was talking about last week. Manchester City being uh, fined $33 million in U.S. currency, 30 million euros. Um, and yeah. As a Manchester United fan, that's, that's my favorite soccer moment that happened uh, this season in soccer. Uh, but my most favorite moment, as always, is spending my time with you here every week on ReadyToPolSports.com and the Paul app, Monday Man of Sports Talk, every single Monday from 11 to 12.30. I am making my way out from today's episode 162. It's been a pleasure, you all. Ah, I love it. Gotta love it every single time. See you guys next week. It is episode 163 coming your way here on RadioToFallSports.com and the Radio to Fall app. It is your one-stop shop for everything you need for your favorite college radio station. So download it right now. I'll see you guys on Wednesday for Action Heights here on RadioToFallSports.com, 430 to 5. And, of course, on Thursday nights on the Radio to Fall stream, 11 to midnight with Noah and night playing EDM music So long from myself, Noah Festenstein. See you guys next week.